All right, here we go. Let's hope that works this time. Episode 238 of Living Off the Land coming at you. Uh, I'm Dan here with Steven, uh, our uh, lovely uh, peanut gallery, Scar- Little Scarlet, and uh, former co-host of Living Off the Land, uh, special guest host tonight, Ryan Donathan is back. Ryan, how are you? I am doing great, man. Thanks for having me back here. Appreciate yeah. y'all. Thanks for, uh, thanks for being here. And Ryan brought the beer this week so indeed let's uh let's get right to it what'd you bring us i grabbed tracksuit santa from columbus brewing company i was looking for you know it is the season after all uh for Tis. all of the the spice sales and, and and winter warmers and and all the all the all, all the types like that and uh i gotta say i was trying to find something i was like i gotta do something that's different because i feel like it's really easy to just Go back to like three hoes and Great Lakes, you know, Pause. you know, yeah, hey, um, you know, Great Lakes, the OG, and all these. So I was yeah. like, you know what, this caught my eye. I love the can art. It's uh, it it's it is Santa Claus in a tracksuit on a motorcycle, right. um, and I don't know the, the the can caught my eye. Spiced holiday ale. I didn't realize that when I bought it, but it packs a little bit of a punch. It's, it does uh, coming in just under eight percent, seven point eight to be exact, and. Uh, it's one of those beers where sometimes like those there's those sneaky beers that they're they're they're, they're strong they, they pack a punch but they don't you can't really tell it's like almost dangerous because this this goes down uh, pretty smooth this is this is tasty for something that I would not normally grab uh, I would definitely go back for more of this that's for that's for damn sure yeah uh, but going back for more damn sure that's that's got to be like at least seven five if not an eight right. You're I'd, right. You're I'd, right in the I'd, ballpark. I'd, yeah, I throw that up there. Yeah. Oh, you mean the score? I thought you meant yeah. the alcohol yeah. content. <laughs> that's just coincidence that that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I will say right off the uh, right off the bat, um, this is really good. Yeah, I like this, and I don't drink a ton of Columbus Brewing Company. I don't, you know, I don't really no. know a lot of their stuff. I, I mean, mean, on I've, the show, I think we've only from them, we've only had the. The IPA, probably the IPA, yeah, yeah. Which you know you see that all over the place, um, but uh, yeah, I, I you know caught my eye. Like I said, I was I was I was cruising uh, good old Giant Eagle, and I was like, well, all right, let's the Jiggle. I was between this and they had another one that did catch my eye. So if anybody's had uh, from Jackie O's, Deck the Hills was uh, like an English style spice ale they were calling it. That that also kind of caught my eye. Uh, yeah, but uh, can art wins. I'm telling style. you, yeah. I'm not much of like a brown ale guy or an English style, so probably not uh, my best bet. And beyond that, the can art for sure. Like I said, there's nothing like Santa Claus on a motorcycle in a tracksuit. Yeah. Um, Look at the color on that poured in a glass. Oh, yeah. I like that a lot. Really nice color. That's sharp. Yeah, absolutely. I will say this. For somebody who doesn't typically go for a lot of the darker stuff, I do love – now that the weather's finally getting a little bit colder – I love grabbing like a Guinness or like a some kind of porter that's got like chocolate vibes to it. Had a Guinness it. for the uh, U.S. England game. There you go. Had, you know, it's called soccer, people. It's, it's soccer called now. soccer. <laughs> We're gonna get to that. Uh, 
You know, everybody was like, no, you got to have an American beer. You can't have a Guinness. I'm like, well, you know what? Guinness is Irish, and the Irish hate the English. So yeah, it, for today, it checks out. we're brothers. You know that, that, yeah. that meme where the, the two gangs hold the tied flag together? Yeah. And, you know, it's basically, <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. That was basically me and the Irish. The uh, enemy of my enemy. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, getting back to uh, Tracksuit Santa, which is an interesting name. Yeah, I love the name. Uh, about the beer, perfectly spiced for the naughty and nice. Our legendary holiday, legendary. Mm. This must have been a, this must have uh, has been a, around a while. Our legendary holiday ale is back and in cans throughout Ohio. This festive, nostalgic, spiced ale has a special connection to Columbus, and its packaging is a whole lot of fun. This instant holiday classic is available for a limited time through the holidays in six packs. Uh, this is a little blurb from the Brewers. Uh, Tracksuit Santa brings a perfect level of holiday spice to a rich, malty holiday ale. We researched and tasted a wide variety of spices and intensities before landing on the perfect combination that's festive without being overly spiced. We brew with orange peel, Indonesian cinnamon, and ginger to create this easy-drinking limited-release beer. I think if I were to take one thing away that I really agree with is this being an easy drinker. We did a uh, we did a Christmas sale last week from Platform called uh, South Pole Elf, and it wasn't bad, but it was like you took a sip of it, and you got like punched in the mouth with a gingerbread house. Yeah, it was very gingerbread forward, which you know. One I'm sure those, it's great for some people. Yeah, but I know exactly what you mean when you say like easy drinker versus something that's like I would get that like some of those types of beers I'd get in a flight where it's like I could sip a lot on a little yeah. bit of it and then so have it's something, something else you've never had before or, and it's like very right. like niche. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. You wouldn't want like a whole glass of it where it's just like too much. This you could sit down and have one or a couple of these. Well, I'm then, I'm trying to well, house the first one because yeah. Full disclosure, uh, <laughs> I screwed up the beginning of the episode, so I have two seven point eight percent Christmas sales cracked right now. Yeah, you're not driving anymore. Double fisted, no. yeah. baby. Double fisted. Hey, Christmas the studio's sale. in my house, so <laughs> let's light this candle. Perks of the gig, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so as we said, seven point eight percent ABV. So it's brewed in Columbus, in yeah. case you didn't know. Uh, how how are we gonna rate this? So I would definitely go with get it again, no doubt. Yeah, I oh throw... yeah, I will. This will be a buy for um, yeah. any like Christmas party. I'm, like I'm I, I, yeah, I've, I've actually we I got a Christmas party coming up here in a little bit, and I'm for sure gonna bring bring a six pack of this already. Like I guarantee it. Yeah. Um, because you're not you're not the biggest Christmas sale guy. No, but I would. I would throw this as a top contender with anything that yeah. that we would would yeah. see in the area for sure. Um, yeah, I'd probably. I think Steve's guess was pretty spot on. I think I would go. Yeah, I'd go. You know what? I'm gonna let's. I'm gonna go seven point eight oh, for the, the seven point eight percent beer. Interesting. I was thinking right around the same. Pow. Yeah. Yeah. Right in the kisser. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go. Seven six. There you go. Really I don't know that. why. I don't know why I'm going lower than you. I it, there's no reason for me to. I just, <laughs> just wanted to be different. I guess. <laughs> I was gonna say just to not duplicate. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. This is really really good. I don't really find have much to say negative about it. I guess. Maybe seven point six is too. I well, I said it now. Yeah, I can't change. Yeah, can't but yeah, I mean, if you are somebody that really wants like 
an over the top flavor. Like if you do like the really assertive flavors, this might not be your deal. Just yeah, if you're like Christmas because, Ale, Great Lakes, cause yeah, because <laughs> it does it has those those kind of vibes, but it definitely is not overt. It's weird too because like I, I want to say it's like a lighter Christmas ale, but it's seven point eight percent. Yeah, it t- it drinks like a lighter beer for sure. Yeah, and in and Dan showed me the the photo of it poured in a, a clear glass, and in the glass it's it is definitely you know transparent. It's not like a heavy opaque yeah. beer. It almost kind of it almost kind of looks like an amber ale. It does. It's exactly what it looks like. Yeah, uh, beautiful beer and it it has it has a higher ABV than Christmas ale does. Christmas ale is seven point five. See, that's crazy to me. The Great Lakes, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, it's good stuff. I'm glad that checked well, out. Well, thanks, Ryan. Yeah. Quality marketing wins again. That's right. <laughs> uh, can art will sell beer. Let's see. It gets a 3.8 average on Beer Advocate, uh, which is out of five. And then on Untapped, it is a 3.9. So it really right around where we said it was. Yeah. Because um, we want seven point six, that's out of ten. Seven point eight, seven point six, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and there, if they, if you go to out of ten for them, it's three point eight, which is seven point six, and uh, three point nine, which is seven point eight, seven point eight. Literally the Shit, same. We could wow, not have we, done that any better. Wow. We absolutely we know what we're talking yeah, about, folks. Absolutely. If you want <laughs> to know about beer? Any better. <laughs> listen to us. That's All awesome. right. Yeah. So tracksuit Santa. From uh, I almost said from Christmas. From Christmas, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Christmas. Uh, Columbus Brewing Company. Uh, go check it out. Uh, Ryan got it at a Giant Eagle. Yeah, I'm sure you can probably get it anywhere. Um, and yeah, we're gonna be sipping on this the rest of the episode. I, you might sense a turn in my demeanor. Gonna be a great night in about a half an hour. But uh, yeah, so that is the beer of the week. All right, and we are in the Christmas spirit, and we're going to stay that way. That's right. Uh, First, I though, to... we forgot to say this. It is Wednesday night. And you know what that means. <laughs> it's living off the land. It's beer of the week, and it's better know a neighborhood. And, uh, Ryan, I don't know if you've noticed this, but in recent episodes, we have been going to some of the more bouger suburbs. Uh, bouger. bouger. And last week, we were in we were on the east side in Lynnhurst and Beachwood, uh, okay. Okay. where Beachwood Place and Legacy Village are, you know, the start of holiday shopping season. Uh, today we're headed to the west side, the southwest side, actually. West side. And for our destination, we're heading down I seventy one. We are headed to Medina. Okay. Today. Ah, funky cold Medina. Yes, funky cold tropical, depending on your definition. But uh, Medina is a suburb of Cleveland. Obviously, it's on the <coughs> outer reaches of the Cleveland metropolitan area. The average home price here is about three hundred thirty-five thousand dollars, which doesn't put it in as quite as high a category as Beachwood or Avon two weeks ago, but it's right up there. And this community, if you look at the geography on the north side, it is uh, the north border is between Reagan Parkway and Fen Road. In the west, just a little bit east of Columbia Road. In the, in the <laughs> east, you're ta- cutting out almost toward I-71, and then in the south, just a little bit north of State Route 162. So... Uh, we went to a place, me and Scarlett and the whole family, we went to a place at the Medina Square. And before I get to that, the Medina Square is absolutely fabulous. That is a where routes 42, 3, 15, uh, excuse me, 18, and 57 pretty much all intersect. And it's just a, as it is, a big square open space uh, where you have all old-style brick buildings. Uh, imagine like 
this has got to be a contender for top downtown in all of the Cleveland area, quite frankly, uh, for all the cities. I mean, Berea's up there. Hudson is up there. You know, there's a few others that I'm not thinking of off the top of my head, but, but Medina is pretty hard to beat, honestly. I've, I've heard very good things, and actually, Jen, my uh, wife was talking wife? about Wife? Yeah, I know. I, Hello! I'm still, like, I, you hear me glitch there. I was like, my feet, uh, uh, wife, not a fiance anymore. Um, yeah, she was talking about how she wants to go this holiday season because exactly what you're talking about, how it's just, it's got that cute little historic old-timey feel, especially on the holidays, of how that doubles down. Yeah, and right now it's all decked out. It's all in, in holiday, you know, tinsel and, and wreaths and stuff everywhere, and it's just, it's just really cool. And right at the apex of it, just on the south end of it, sits Castle Noel, which is a Christmas-themed museum. It, it's basically a repurposed old church, pretty much. And my goodness, is this place incredible. It is Amer is billed as America's largest indoor year-round Christmas entertainment attraction. Hmm. It was created by a guy who calls himself Mark Claus. I don't even know if that's <laughs> his real name or if that is not his real name, but this place has been featured on Entertainment Tonight, PBS, Sci-Fi, Treasure Hunters Roadshow, and much more. And uh, Castle Noir features uh, housing the world's largest privately owned collection of Hollywood Christmas movie props and costumes from your favorite Christmas movies, including The Grinch, <laughs> Elf, Santa Claus, Fred Claus, Santa Claus 1, 2, and 3, Jingle All the Way, Christmas Carol, Christmas at the Cranks, Did you say Elf? Halls, and more. Oh, yes. Trash. Yep. <laughs> Trash. It's not over that can of worms. So it really... <laughs> yeah, who wants to fight tonight? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean really, beer. <laughs> we saw all these, all these costumes, all these props from all these movies, and then also, on top of that, what it doesn't even say on the website is... All of, a lot of the windows from the stores, the famous department stores like Macy's and Bloomingdale's and Lord and & Taylor in, at Saks Fifth Avenue from New York City, well, they change them out every year. A lot of the ones that they, they don't know what to do with afterward, this guy buys them up, and now they're hmm. in his museum. So, hey, Steve, question for you. Yeah. You like Elf? Yes. There we go. Very, very much so. I, I, I'm... I guess Ryan doesn't, based on this oh, conversation. Oh, it's the worst. Uh, <laughs> not, Ryan, a, not a Will Ferrell guy. Ryan hates think. fun. Yeah. Apparently. Yes. Apparently having taste in movies means I hate fun. So I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> we were the Russian hey, judge on hey, Steve. Theater, so hey, it Steve. makes sense you'd be that kind of a movie hey, Steve. critic, too. Steve. Yeah. He's an angry elf. I am a, I'm a very angry elf. <laughs> you, mean, you mean he's the South Pole elf, like like the South Pole <laughs> ale from, from last week? Yeah. He's drinking too many of those? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Bye, Steve. Um, Hope you find your dad. Yeah. <laughs> so, but in all honesty, if you have not been to Castle Noel, you've got to go there just for if for no other reason to see all this other stuff. There's movie props and all the the the, um, the windows from department stores and stuff. They have an actual replica of the slide, the Santa slide from A Christmas Story. Hmm. And Santa sits atop of that. Yeah, I know Scarlet. Isn't that great? It's crazy. You know. And you know, Scarlet went down it, and so did She's I. She's also and, pissed that you hate and Elf. my wife. And here's the funniest <laughs> part. We got two photos of Scarlet and my wife, Aren, going down the slide, and they're literally both screaming as they did so. <laughs> and we're having in a debate right now who did it better between nice. the two. It's it's so funny. Like, you could never get my wife on a roller coaster. She's just like, oh, forget it. Amen. Yeah, so, Amen, Ren. <laughs> it's a debate as to who would more likely go on a roller coaster between her and you, Dan. But uh, uh, It's probably her. But in, but in either case. You couldn't um, pay me to go on a roller Cast coaster. Cast Noel, again, is right at the Medina Square, uh, right in the center of Medina. I, 
A few other places I want to point out inside the city of Medina, at least as far as commercial businesses go. Over on Foundry Street, there are two local businesses that are absolutely outstanding. One is Foundry Social, restaurant and bar, and the other one is High Voltage Indoor Karting. Uh, I went to this place one time a few years back, and it, I mean, literally, you feel like you are going like almost as fast as being on the highway in these things. I mean, you are flying around up the straightaways and around the curves on these things. And it's, it's, awesome quite frankly um gives you a real thrill if you're if you're into that sort of thing uh that's at 333 foundry street and foundry social is at 338 foundry street on just on the immediate west side of medina uh, highly recommend both of those of those places as we go out uh, across medina here you you talk about main commercial corridors you have two in medina one is basically the east end of uh route 18 going from the center of town out toward i-71 a lot of your chain businesses are down this way. And then um, as you go northbound on Pearl Road, or actually Court Street, excuse me, uh, U.S. Route 42 up toward Br the Brunswick area, that's where your other main commercial corridor is. Uh, you have some local businesses along that corridor. That's more of your um, big box store kind of route is, is kind of along 42. Uh, and then just in between all of that is, you know, you have, you have neighborhoods. You have on the northeast side – uh, and on the west side, generally speaking, the the west is is the more the richer side of town as opposed to the east. But you do have some nice properties in the east as well. Um, you know, just a, a lot to see and do in Medina. It, it's really come out to you know, it's it's become. There's a few, actually, one other big local business that I want to point out is the AJ Root Camel Candle Company, not Camel. Uh, the AJ Root Candle Company, Rent your camels. which is on Route 18, just to the west of the Medina Square, that is a business that, that has been around for almost a hundred years, Jeez. actually. And again, if you think about it, candles are one of the most highly sought after, well, one of the most commonly given items at Christmas time. So they sure, yeah. they are extremely busy at this time of year. Uh, don't have the address right next to it, but that is right in the Don Square. And then also another one to point out, local business, Miss Molly's Tea Room and Gift Shop. I bet you guys just can't wait to go to this place. This this is no your like <laughs> if you are a dad if you are a dad with a daughter, there's a good uh, chance you might end up in this place at some point. Strikes it, one and two it, there. It's <laughs> like, you know, traditional you know, we we talked about the English a little bit ago. You know, here you go. Tea, you know, traditional kind of you know, have it have tea and crumpets kind of a deal. Miss um, Molly's Tea Room is yours. Is at one forty West Washington Street. That's actually pretty much right across the street from AJ Root Candle Company. Uh, Where are you gonna get your camels? I can get the camels. Yeah, right. <laughs> tea with your camel. Yeah. See, I'm thinking too much of Qatar already. Yeah. It's just, you know, <laughs> He's jumping ahead to the a little next foreshadowing. But you know. Again, Medina is a city that has a lot of character, has a lot of class. It's, again, middle to upper middle class for the most part. Um, some parts of the west side are just straight upper class. You're talking about houses that are in the half million and above range, you know, once you get to the western outskirts of town. But uh, definitely a good place to spend a day. You know, it doesn't have any malls like, you know, like Strongsville or like Beachwood, but um, lots of great local businesses and shopping to, to keep you going. Pretty much any of the ones that I didn't mention right around the Medina Square, um, you could really spend at least half an afternoon just, just in that area alone. So that is Medina. 
and you can wham it with the right hand. <laughs> Indeed. All right. So that is Funky Cole Medina. Uh, Medina, sorry. <laughs> and, yeah, Better Known Neighborhood, another one on the list. So, all right. I'm so sad I missed the Tone Lock reference the first time you brought it up. That was just perfect, and that just went completely over my head. Funky Cole Medina? Yes. Oh, yeah. Come on, Steve. <laughs> what What on earth? Be better. All right. Uh, yeah, so as we kind of foreshadowed, Steve's thinking about camels and Qatar. Uh, the World Cup's going on, and... And what, Dan? We are through. Yes, we are through. The United States men's national team defeated Iran yesterday by a score of 1-0. to zero. Not to be confused with Iran. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Get on. Don't, thank you. Don't even go there. That No, she she supports Cameroon. So, uh, we got to make sure we stay it. We say it right. It's not Iran, it's Iran. Yes. You Tyler. Know, oh, it. that whole deal where the reporter went after Tyler Adams for that and then like did a whole diatribe about, well, why are you supporting the U.S. because of race relations? You're like, that guy should have his credentials revoked and just be kicked out. Like, yeah, that, was, that was so... What do you think they do over in Iran? Yeah, right. right. <laughs> yeah. No, they're just concerned with not giving people beer, pretty much, that's among other things. That's, that's, a, yeah. whole, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> that but, thing was crazy. Yeah, I, I just want to talk about... Christian uh, pulls six nuts. Oh, just dick punch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Holy Talk about laying smokes. it all on the line and going balls to the wall. Yeah. Never going to. America's gonna, favorite twig and berries yeah. at the moment. <laughs> never going to question that guy's commitment to his country. <laughs> Holy crap. Holy smokes. Guy took a knee right to the dick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He sold out for that, man. Thank and God it, he scored. And it paid off. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that was, man, that, that game was. So I, I it was right in the middle. It was right at the wrong time. I, I started it. I had. Uh, uh, a free period at school, and then my yep. ninth period kids showed up, and I was like, "Man, I really just want to say free day. Let's put this game on." And if these guys weren't so freaking far behind <laughs> right now, yeah, I probably would have done it. But yeah. we are like half a chapter off pace right now, so yeah. I was like, "Damn, I got to be responsible." I hate, I hate being responsible. And <laughs> Who so wants to be responsible? It was, it was, it was, it was all zero zero when I when I started teaching, and then at one point I went to go like check my grade book or something, and I had it on in the background, and I was like. We scored, and I didn't see any of the dramatics. And then I saw a bunch of the memes yep. just, about, uh, about Pulisic after the yep. fact. And I was like, what the heck happened? And yeah. then I saw the highlight. Yeah, that was so, America's dick. Yeah, that really is. Yeah, Captain America has the ass. Mr. Pulisic, he's got, <laughs> he's got the dick. It's America's, <laughs> it's America's we're building a We're building America's man two pieces, parts at a time. Oh, man. <laughs> if you don't know what we're talking about, watch your Marvel. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's America's ass. Oh, my God. You don't know what we're talking about. You need to watch movies. Yeah, exactly. But I I feel like Steve doesn't know what we're talking about. I'm just just (laughs) missing with references tonight. I, I... I'm over two. Captain America. That that he says that in is an Infinity War or Endgame. Some, yeah, somebody refers to him as America. That that's America's ass, referring to Captain America. Who says it though? I actually don't even know. I that just sounds know like it something was, Steve it, Rogers it's him would say. Because they like, oh, because it was like I thought somebody else said joked about it to him first, and then he says it after he sees himself. Because there's some weird. I don't know. We're getting off the rails. Doesn't. Yeah. Captain America. Steve Rogers has a great ass. Scarlett, have you seen Endgame? Nah. But I did, and I didn't even get that either. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So the um, uh, the U.S. moves on. They finish second in the group to England, who 
uh, beat the brakes off of Wales uh, at the same time as the U.S. game is going on. Fantastic free kick goal by Marcus Rashford. Yeah, Marcus game. Trashford putting it in. Uh, but <laughs> we are through. That is the main takeaway. And um, we get the Dutch on it's Saturday. Good, yeah, we get the Dutch, and we're going to get mm, – okay, never mind. Yeah. I mean, I, I will say this. I watched a little bit of the their third game. Was that uh, the day before? Against Qatar. Yeah. And I don't know if they were also resting some guys because I didn't see their starting lineup. They didn't look, like, the sharpest, I would say. Yeah. I don't know. They're still like let's let's not make any bones about it. They're still the Netherlands. Like they're a quality team. You know that they're going to be a problem for a lot of different reasons. But we're young, we're athletic, and you know clearly they want it. You know our guys are are not afraid of throwing themselves out there and throwing them around. Yeah, I'll be interested to see what uh, Burhalter does. You know with the lineup. I know there's some guys that maybe drew some criticism after the game. You know for for their performances and yeah. Well, it's like the. The U.S. doesn't. It, the U.S. doesn't know how to play with a lead. Uh, they go right. into full shell mode. They have no idea what they're doing, and they just get completely dominated the rest of the game. It's it happened in the first game and this last game. Now they have gone through, um, and they haven't lost a game, so it's kind of hard for me to criticize that. But it's it's very evident that they really have no idea how to play with a lead. The USA has not conceded a goal from open play in this tournament. Yeah. That, I think, is phenomenal. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's been three games, but, yeah, that's really good. I uh, I was having this debate with some of my guys at school uh, yesterday. Would you say that regardless of what happens going forward, that this right now advancing out of the group is good enough? Yes. I would agree with that. Yes. They said a couple of, my guys, a couple of the kids at school were saying, like, no, we have to win more. We have to get. We have to be like part of the final four or whatever. And yeah. I'm like, guys, guys, guys. Last World Cup, we weren't even here. Yeah, we didn't just not get out. There's, we weren't even there. There's um, there really isn't anybody of circumstance that had any World Cup experience going into this tournament. The U.S. is the youngest team, uh, national team, I think, pretty much at this tournament. I and believe you're right. That is a fact. 20, yeah. 23 or 24-year-old I think did, did average. T- was Tim Ream on the team in 14? I, uh, no. Because he he's not. the oldest player. He, he's 35. He's the oldest player, but I don't know if he was. If he made the team in 14. Was he, he might have participated in a couple of the qualifiers, but he was not on the final roster. Okay, so, yeah, then nobody on this on the roster has – has Andre World Cup Yedlin, experience. I think, was the only oh, player Yedlin. that played okay. in 14. Yeah, yeah. But he hasn't seen the pitch yet. Has uh, he? he played in the first, a little bit in the first game. He got subbed in it. on the first game. Okay. And that's the, I didn't see that's the game I didn't catch. So yeah. that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. So it um, – Yeah, I, I, yeah I, I totally agree with that. They, anything else that they that they give us this tournament is gravy. Like, if you, they beat Netherlands – Oh, my gosh. Yeah. If that, they lose the Netherlands, I'm – first of all – I think Netherlands, to me, I think Netherlands is better than any team we've played. I England, to me, is so freaking overrated. I don't even – England's going to go out. They're not, who's oh, coming home? <laughs> has, it, has it ever – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this every single time. Has it ever been home? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, quote the great Casper Schmeichel. Have you ever won it? No, they haven't. Not since 19 19- – 60 or whatever it is, 66. I don't even remember. And, of course, I think Netherlands are better than England because I'm the guy who went out and picked Netherlands to win the whole thing. So Yeah, well, you, you also know. picked Denmark to go real far in the tournament, too. <laughs> I did, and that was a total Womp. mess. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, there's I mean, there's been plenty that was a of, that was a Russell Branyan swing and miss. Yeah. There's been plenty of shenanigans though. I mean, Mexico. Lots we, of we were talking. We were talking about Mexico. They didn't yeah. make it out of the group, and nobody would have thought that. Yeah. There was a chance today that Saudi Arabia could have gotten out of the group. They yeah. would have won their game today. They'd be moving on. Yeah. Because they beat Argent friggin' Argentina. That's yeah. got to be a top ten, maybe even top five World Cup upset of all time. Oh, 100%. Ha- has to be. There's, there, yeah, me, myself included. There, there are a lot of people that picked Argentina to win the whole tournament. Uh, yeah, and they still could because they came. They rallied back, won their next two games, and won their group. So, yeah. yep. And uh, if the, if the uh, um, if the U.S. somehow figures out a way to get past Netherlands, they're they are most likely waiting for them in the quarterfinals. Depending on, uh, yeah, because they're probably not going to lose to Australia. Yeah, which Argentina is playing the Socceroos. Point to me, I did take Australia <laughs> out to the round of sixteen when no one else did. So yeah, okay, well you got that one, but you still I love that. Yeah. the Socceroos, <laughs> man, Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Yep. Uh, yeah. So what's interesting is that for the for the U.S. to get to the final, and again, we both agree that the fact that they've gotten this far, everything else is gravy. For the U.S. to get to the final, they are most likely going to have to beat Netherlands, Argentina, and Brazil to LOL. get there. Yeah, you, yeah <laughs> either Brazil or Spain in that semifinal is what you're looking at. So if they get if they if they get through that and get to the final, they could face God in the World Cup yeah. final, and I'd pick them to win. <laughs> Honestly, though, that 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 I mean, gauntlet. Yeah, there's like let, let's yeah, put I mean, it again. Yeah, I mean, your likely finalist would probably be like Portugal or France. Yeah, the France. Yeah, um, but. Yeah, I agree with you to our point that I'm good if they go out. Now, obviously, I'm going to be disappointed if they lose like six nothing to Netherlands. We have to stay competent. Yeah, yeah. we have to. Yeah, we we got to put on a good showing. But if you lose to Netherlands, there's no, there's no use, you know, right. crying you're, about. But you're that. right. If we end up getting blown out, you know, four nil or whatever, yeah. something stupid. But like, it's so important gonna, that this hurt. this club, this this team has no experience at the World Cup. It was so important for them to get out of the group and get into the knockout stage because. I'm looking at four years down the road when the World Cup is right. here and all of these kids who now have this World Cup experience will be in their prime. Pulisic will be 28. All the other guys will be 28 and under. Yeah. Weston McKinney, I think, will be 28. Plus, who knows, whatever phenom pops, maybe maybe there's some yeah. kid, you know, 19, 20-year-old, yeah. something, you know, so, well, you maybe talk not about likely, that. Yeah. you never know. You talk about 19, 20-year-olds, I mean, there's a guy on the bench that should be playing in every game, Gio Reyna, he should be playing. He's yeah. going to be like 23 when the World Cup's here in I four years. I think one of the reasons people are so upset about the U.S. and some of their second-half performances is because Gio Reyna is exactly the type of guy that you would expect would be helpful in situations when you're trying to absorb pressure, when you're trying to hold up the ball, you know, and get some possession back when the other team's trying to, you know, tie the game on you. Is it injury concern with him right now? I, I've never I gotten know, clarity on what the deal is. Supposedly he's fine. Some people are trying to say that, uh, there's some sort of issue with the coach, really? um, but yeah, I don't know. I I don't know. I don't know. I, uh, he got in for like five minutes against England at the end of the game. I saw he had. Like, he didn't. He did not play he? against. He did not play against Wales, and he didn't play against. Uh, uh, who the hell did we just beat? Iran. Iran. What was really bizarre was after the first game, Greg Berhalter said that Reina was not match fit. And then Reyna went on social media afterward and said, no, 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 I am 100%. Yeah, see, there's a disconnect with him so, and the coach. <laughs> yeah. I thought for sure after he got in, like he, he didn't play at all against Wales. He got in for a little bit against England. I thought he was going to start against uh, uh, Iran. But he didn't start and he didn't even play. Now, some of that might be because 
you wanted to be a little bit more defensive once you got the lead. So in the second half, like a player, I don't know that a player like him necessarily really does much. Um, yeah. But I agree. I hate I hate going into like prevent defense mode. It's that's just basically like, what they it, did. Yeah, and it's like it. So when you start, you're playing Madden and you yeah. see prevent defense pop up. It's like and oh, I'm about to throw. On, yeah. yeah, they subbed on a bunch of MLS players, and I'm like, what are we doing? That being, they didn't start a single MLS player in the starting eleven against uh, uh, Iran. Against Iran. God, I don't know why I can't. I keep forgetting that <laughs> Iran. Um, like they even they took out Zimmerman and put in uh, I still don't know this guy's name. Somebody tried. Somebody told me is CCV Cameron Carter Vickers. Okay, who does he play for? He plays for Celtic, I believe. Okay, yeah. And he's another young guy. He's like 20 years old. I'm looking him up now. I actually don't. Um, yeah. He played a pretty good game. Uh, but, yeah. I, I'll tell you what. When they sub Zimmerman on at 80 minutes on, oh it seemed God. like he was first to almost every ball in the last 15 Credit minutes. to him. When he came in, he played really well. Really, yeah, credit to him for sure. Yeah, he, I totally making up for his big blunder in the first game well, against Wales. Yeah, yeah, think about how much less pressure was on this game if we had the – a Wales well, no pressure. Yeah, exactly. Almost yeah. none. Especially well, after you took yeah. the lead. I mean, the Rambo would have had to score twice. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, we, boy, we, we like were. To make we it were, exciting. Oh, my God. <laughs> we were puckering the entire second half, man. Oh, it was. Well, plus. Holy and, smokes. You know, I, this is not a surprise to anybody either. The stoppage time has been bananas. Yeah, so yeah. that's purposeful from from uh, from FIFA and from yeah. the officiating. They're trying to take the time wasting out of the game. Yeah, I hear which it. I applaud because I, it's one of the most annoying things in the world. Like like when it, like when you're up you're up against a team and the ball goes out for a throw in and you're down by one goal and the opponent just like tosses it down the line. Yeah, or the or the fouls that aren't fouls and the guy just lays on the field for two minutes. Yeah, like they're basically like, okay, we're going second for second. The amount of time that you do that. We're going to add on to the end of the game. I'm all for it as well. I yeah. think it, I understand and I think that over there's... time you'll see less of that time wasting and the extra time will start to go back down. It's going to be frustrating for now for the time being until yeah. until people start to get it, but eventually yeah. I agree. I think this thing's going to correct itself. Yeah. Um cuz I I understand like there there is like a degree of the gamesmanship and you you know playing certain situations. I I, I get it, but it gets egregious. It gets it gets yeah. absolutely out of hand, and so yeah, I'm. I'm it's fine part with, of the reason but, why people like here don't like watching soccer, right? Oh, oh, so many of my students have just been like, I can't. Yeah. Why are you watching that? I can't believe you know. And I'm like, even though I would argue that the amount of flopping that goes on in the NBA is, almost I was going to say, amount. yeah, all these guys, and yeah, it's stupid. And or, or all the all the pageantry over you know pitchers getting you know all butthurt when somebody pimps a home run or whatever and they get all spun up and yep. they're all offended and they're getting their feelings hurt over it's like you know what you don't want to get you don't want someone to bat flip on you don't throw meatballs yeah strike them out yeah yeah, yeah. do better. yeah or it's like the thing it's like the thing <laughs> where uh where football teams don't take a knee at the end of the game they're just they're running running plays and they end up scoring it's like yeah. uh, we're running the ball just yeah. tackle us just, yeah yeah they're not they're not being egregious <laughs> yeah. they're just right. doing their job right so yeah. I, I yeah. do yours right. If you don't like it, do be better. Get, yeah. get good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I so, tell you what, though. One one of the things, it's frustrating on, on one side of it, but on the flip side, it does make some for exciting end-of-game shenanigans. Oh, gosh. Um, it's, it's horrible when it's your team involved because yes. it's gut-wrenching. People talk about, you know, especially over here, talk about, oh, you know, play 90 minutes and they and either team only scores like once, like like – 
U.S. against uh, Iran, one nothing. Like that's supposed to be exciting. Tell me if you were an actual legitimate U.S. fan. The game was one nothing at halftime. That you weren't just filled with tension for the last forty five minutes. The yeah. tension of the moment is almost more exhilarating than an actual goal being scored. Mm-hmm. And I'll go back even even the zero zero draw against England when Christian Pulisic hit the bar oh. on that shot. I was at old angle. That yeah. place erupted as if a goal like a goal in the World Cup final had been scored. And he didn't yeah. even score. It just hit yeah. the upright uh, yeah. or the crossbar. I you know, I, I when it, when people tell me like, oh, soccer's boring, what I'm hearing is like you just you either really don't understand you're looking for a yeah. reason to not like Another it. Another thing, yeah, don't understand the you game. You don't understand the game. Right. Just, just say you don't understand the game. That's okay. I don't love basketball. I yeah. I'm a casual fan, you know, right. when the Cavs are good, I'm a bandwagon guy. Like when the Cavs are decent, I'll pay attention, yada yada yada. Yeah. But like I'm not gonna pretend like it's a stupid game just because I don't like it or I don't get it. Right. Just say you don't like it or oh, you don't get it. Right. That's or okay. like if you're watching a playoff baseball game and somebody hits uh hits a ball that goes to the warning track and like you're like, Oh my god, it might go out and then it gets caught. Yeah. You didn't score. That's the same thing as if but somebody hits exciting. the ball off the post. Yes. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's about the tension of the moment. Yep. And that's for me what's so exciting. And I watch a lot of soccer. I understand what's going on. So when you know there's like three or four really good passes made, or or a you know a, a soccer term, a nice little cheeky ball over the top, yeah, yeah. and the guy connects on the header, and you know maybe the goalie makes a ridiculous save, like that's super exciting. But they didn't score, so yeah. it's still well, really exciting. The analogy I tried to give and it didn't exactly click. I was talking with some, <laughs> this was maybe not the smartest move with some seniors. I was like, guys, this is think of this as the foreplay. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? And they all kind of look at me like, "What?" Why did I, I know it's kind of yeah, where yeah, you were yeah. going? Yeah, a little cringe, right? I understand. Yeah. I was like, think, I, "I was like, so what you're saying is you either don't understand how foreplay works, <laughs> or you just don't like you like." I'm laying out this analogy and I'm trying to like spell it out from saying it without saying it, yeah, and, and it yeah. just went way over that. I'm like, you know what? Never <laughs> mind. Never mind. But but no, I completely agree. I think it's a part of the game and the tension, the back and forth, the build up and. You know, the crash and, oh, it didn't come to fruition or, you know, the back and forth, the counterattack. I love counterattacking. Yeah, You know what I mean? Like teams that play really quality defense but know how to be very decisive on the counterattack. Yeah. Terrorist it's, football. It's Yeah, it's horrifying when you're yeah. playing against it because yes. it's like with literally you can have all this possession, all this momentum, yep. everything's looking good. As soon as you turn good, the ball over. And then next thing you know, bammo. Yeah, and it's just like, how is that not exciting? Those are those are those classic uh, Italian teams. They play a style of play that they call in Italy called Contenaccio. It's basically just counterattack. Yeah, they sit back. Uh, all the Italian teams of old just sit back, sit back, sit back, and they they wait for you to make a mistake, and then boom, they're going the other way. The goal Australia had in their game today against Denmark to win was a perfect counterattacking goal. You'll have to YouTube that if you. you I didn't. See yeah, that. I was. I did not see that, but I would definitely love to catch it. I also I'm gonna go people back to the in, fact that the, the Socceroos and that just makes me. I happy. love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> people in it. Sydney and Melbourne were up at four in the morning for because the game started at four in the morning local time today, and yeah, know, they're out there. And I mean, it's that's another like, thing. It's just so wacky. Is like, like it's wacky for us the times at at two o'clock during the week because we're all working. Yeah. Like imagine like you said Australia four in the morning. And we've had that too, like when when the World Cup was in like Korea and yeah, you know mm-hmm. stuff like that. We had to get up and watch games in the middle of the night. The Women's World Cup is going to be in Australia, and New Zealand next year. It's going to be like that. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, so anyway, U.S. Uh, moves on, and then uh, I wanted to talk about this last week, but we forgot. Um, just you know, the U.S. plays Netherlands on Saturday at ten in the morning. Um, <clears throat> if you're looking for a place to go. 
Uh, I would suggest Old Angle Tavern in Ohio City. Uh, the American Outlaws Bar is Iggy's on Madison Avenue in Lakewood, which is over by, I believe it's near Angelo's Pizza. Um, the old American Outlaws Bar was Mary Arts, which was on which is on Detroit, uh, on the west side of Lakewood. Um, I think I will be going to Eastland Inn, uh, which is in Berea, on Saturday. Uh, if you have nothing to do, you're more than welcome to join. Appreciate that. Um I mean, any any bar is going to have the game on, but like I'm thinking of just soccer type yeah. specific bars. I Those watched, are pretty um, much the big ones. You know, I'm sure they'll be playing it. It's not maybe, uh, you know, I'm sure they'll be playing it. I watched uh, Germany uh, playing oh, Japan that's right, yeah. at uh, Der Braumeister. Yeah, any of the ethnic um, places, ethnic bars. Yeah, Germany. Yeah. I'm sure Hofbrauhaus had something going on. Yep. I was going to say, yeah, Der Braumeister. Der, yeah, I, and I will say, I speaking of like the time zone. Did thing, you? But did you go with anybody? I did. Okay. Uh, yeah, I had a couple of buddies who were going to meet right. me up there. So yeah. I was going to say, you could have just called me. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> it is There's, actually by my work. It is. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. Well, so go. Yeah, I'll let you know then. Um, it was just, it, it's always funny with, with the time zones, like cracking a beer at like 8 a.m. Dude. You know what I mean? So, okay. So, <laughs> so the story about Friday, Black Friday, U.S. played England. Uh, I watched the game with Jordan, a couple other friends. Um, so Jordan's like, we got to get there, like, right as they open. I'm like, okay, fine. It's Black Friday. I'm <laughs> off work. I don't have anything to do. Whatever. So we plan. So Jordan and I get down to Ohio City. The U.S. plays at 2. We got there at 10 oh, in the God. morning. They weren't open. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Jordan, what is going on? Like, he's like, oh, he said, he said uh, come back at, like, 1030. I'm like, all right. So we just went to the Westside Market for half an hour, walked around, got okay. coffee, blah, blah, blah. So we got in there at 10.30. I kid you not, by like 11, game is at 2, place is packed. Seriously? 11 o'clock. Packed. I had the opposite. When I tell you packed, <laughs> yeah. by, the game's at 2. By noon, they were they were ushering people away. Like no more, no like more people out. are allowed yeah, in. Fire code. <laughs> yes. See, I know diff- apples and oranges because, you know, people aren't exactly lining up for Germany, Japan. But, like, when I got there, there were two guys in a booth. And the yep. woman who was behind the bar was like, anywhere you want. And I was like, yeah. okay, thanks. And then it, it filled out a little bit. Sure. Like, don't get me wrong. Sure. Um, but very different experience uh, at uh, Braumeister. Yeah, um, I kind of want to go, uh, even if it's not U.S., because, you know, the U.S. might bow out on Saturday. Rapidly. Maybe not. Yeah. Who knows? You never know. Uh, but Schnitzel's been doing uh, – Oh, uh, yeah. That's another place. Schnitzel Brewery in Parma. Yeah. Parma's first brewery. Uh I might go, you know, whoever's playing in the World Cup final, I might go watch the World Cup final there because yeah, yeah, they've be, been, they've been opening up early. The weird thing is, like, these bars opening up early. And, yeah, it is really weird cracking a beer. Like, like it it just it takes me back to college. Yeah. Like, well, it makes me think back tailgating to uh, – and Yeah, two, uh, two summers ago during the, with the Euros. We mm. watched a bunch of the Euros at Old Angle. Yeah. And I still remember vividly. I'm in the process of trying to get hired <laughs> at this school. And – we're watching a game. I am multiple drinks in, and I see a Cleveland area code number ring. And I was like, in my head, there's like, in the back of my head, I was like, better not. You've had a few. <laughs> and I was like, nah, it'll be all Just right. Just do it. And I pick up the phone. I ended up on like a 30 minute phone call with yeah. one of the coaches who was kind of vetting me for the coaching staff, yada, yeah. yada, yada. And so, uh, yeah, that, <laughs> that worked out. But yeah, it's just like, oh, yeah, it's like, I am not sober at 
9.30 in the morning. <laughs> it's, it's a wild time. Yeah. Hey, man. <laughs> Listen. It's another great thing about soccer, man. You I just, love You just that. crack it open whenever. It's yeah. not like, oh, we got to wait till like, 9 p.m. to go out to the bars. Like, I'm at an age where, like, I don't want to be out anywhere past, like, 11 o'clock. Dude, 100%. I would rather have my drinks early. Oh, yeah. There is and then nothing. Come home and, and there's nothing better than yes. day drinking. Coming home at, like, 3 or 4 Taking a two-hour nap, shower, eating nap, dinner, chill. and then just just vegging on the yeah. couch. Yeah, I would Nothing rather do better. that than have a stupid late night. Yes, ten times out 100%. of ten, hundred percent. Because I, like I'm too old for, for that. For me, crap. I can't yeah, hang anymore. For me, with how old I am, if I have a late night out <laughs> drinking, my whole next day is the whole ruined. day shot. Yeah, just, I'd rather start that yeah, process just now. Ruined. Yeah. And you should hear what some of my late night passengers in the lift car tell me <laughs> how much they're paying to get in my car at. Yeah, after midnight. Oh, oh like, God. That's another it, thing. It's just ridiculous. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's yep. another thing. And another thing for me is like, if <laughs> I sound so old right now, but if like, no, I'm if right I'm, there with you, though. If I'm planning out to go and have more than like a couple drinks, like, I have to have it completely planned out before. Yeah. Like, okay, who's sober? Who's driving? Because I don't want to freaking pay for an Uber. Because I don't want a 40 50 60 $70 Uber. I can, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's just, before peak time, ladies and gentlemen. Right. Oh. Yeah. I think I'm just gonna start calling Steve, even when say, he's yeah. even when he's not driving Lyft. <laughs> hey, you want to give me this one on the house? Hey, man, where are you at? Yeah. <laughs> I, and listen, I do listen, it. Listen, yeah. that's listen. That's not to make light of of anything like that. If you're if you've had too much to drink, mm. please, 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 yeah, please get the Uber. <laughs> call an Uber. Call Lyft. Any driving service. Do not drink and drive. That's exactly what it was created for. That's what we're here for. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's to drain your bank account and make sure you get home uh, safe. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> So that is our World Cup uh, roundup, and uh, let's uh, let's dive into the old brownies, shall we? Yes. What's new there? A little. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, for the first time in twelve years, the Browns beat Tom Brady. Nice throw, Tom. Uh, that yeah, was so, uh, oh. that was wild. <laughs> that game. Yeah, yeah. So uh, <laughs> she was all the way over here. Was, oh yeah. We're having under under the podcast table. Yeah, we've got a, so much crap going on right now. You guys have no idea. Puppy baby showdown. Yeah. Hi. Hello. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I mean, yeah. let's not let's not even talk about. I mean, we talked a lot about the 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 game on Sunday on the post game show. Um, I kind of want to look forward and preview what's going on, and uh, we've got a big return this week. The eleven game suspension is over. He complied with the suspension requirements, and he will be making his debut this Sunday against the team that he didn't want to play for anymore. So that will make things very interesting. Talking, of course, about Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland Browns going south to Houston, or as some people like to say, Houston. It's gonna be what a it's gonna it's be gonna a, be wild. It's gonna be a nightmare, is what it is. The, the refs are going to be on high alert because they are going to be throwing flags left and right. See, okay, let's start there because I disagree. I I think – I don't think the actual Houston Texans team really – I don't think I don't think they have anything against Deshaun. I agree with that. I don't think other players are going to do anything crazy from – like I don't think Houston defensive players are going to do anything crazy. I'm just yeah. saying like I think the refs are going to be on super, super, super high okay. alert yeah, yeah, yeah. just to nip any of that in right. the butt. So, like, I think you're going to see a bunch of ticky-tack penalties just to, like, say, hey, we are watching this game like freaking Hawks. I agree. I don't think a bunch of guys, especially 
let's be real with where Houston is as a team right now. It's yeah. a massive turnover-type year situation. There's a lot of players on prove-it deals. Right. There's guys who probably didn't play with Deshaun. He's been out of football for so long. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I don't 100%. think. Plus, I don't think a lot of guys are going to go and throw their bodies around and risk their careers for a, a potential cheap shot on a quarterback that they maybe don't have any affiliation with or care about. So yeah. I don't think that the players are going to go bananas. I just think that the refs are going to be on the, everybody like sure. militantly just to prevent anything from remotely going down that road. Sure, yeah. Because um, let's be real. I mean, Houston, they're, they've got, they're a one-win team. They're not very good. Theoretically, you know, for the Browns, you know that Deshaun's probably going to look rusty. You know, he hasn't – you know, we – so we talked a little bit about this. It's not like he forgot how to throw a ball. His yeah. mechanic – he's been practicing. He, he's been keeping in shape. I'm not worried about all those things, but you made a great point earlier. It's it's game speed. You cannot simulate an NFL game unless That's you're gonna be. in yeah. an NFL game. Yeah. So it's going to look rough. Like, everyone right. needs to be prepared. It's probably going to be rough. Yeah. It's not – for him, he's not coming back from an injury. So – He's done that before in his career. He's blown out his knee before. It's not like he's coming back and he's like, oh, I got to test the knee, see how I feel about, you know, be a little like, okay, can I take a hit on this knee, you know, be okay. It's like the mental edge of getting over something like that. That's not it. He's he's completely fine physically, and he has been, even though he hasn't played a game in two years. That's not the issue. And from everything we've seen since he's been eligible to start practicing, he looks like he's in great physical shape. That's not the issue. It's a hundred percent okay. When I when I say uh, go and the ball's snapped to me, and he's looking around like, oh shit, like this is what this feels like, yeah. you know. And how long is that going to last? Is that going to be like a drive, a quarter, a half, a whole game, maybe the rest of the season where he's just trying to get his sea legs underneath him? We don't know, but. That's exactly what it is. It's 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 the speed of the game. It's like, okay, how fast okay, do I remember how to do this when the live bullets are flying? I would imagine <sighs> and I know that there's a lot of strong feelings about Kevin Stefanski as a play caller and, and, and that's not a shock. Yeah. Um you know very, very damn well that the play calling will be conservative. They're not gonna they're gonna wanna do things to help him with that. Listen, it's, if there was ever a game, and again, like you said, the play calling, blah, 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 there was ever a game where you're like, okay, let's give our star running back, considered to be the best or the top two best running back in the league, let's give him 25, 30 carries for just a game, just so we can make sure that our quarterback gets in there, plays, is not under an incredible amount of stress, and we can get through this game. Because in all accounts, however which way you slice it, we should beat the Houston Texans. Yeah. Like, even, they're even the worst team in the NFL. Rough, yes. We should absolutely yeah. handle it. We, we, if, and I tell you what, I, this was another argument I, I got into uh, at, at school the other day, was, like, people were talking as if Brissett was garbage and Deshaun Watson is the savior, and now we're going to run the table and go win the Super Bowl. And no. Like, <laughs> pa pause on, like, eight yeah. different things in there. Yeah. First and foremost, he hasn't played in, yeah, like you said, two years. Beyond that, it's not like Jacoby was playing poorly. Sure. There's no universe in which Jacoby Brissett is a better athlete or quarterback than Deshaun Watson yes. when everybody's right. health, healthy, in shape, yada, yada. I'm not saying that. But by all accounts, Brissett played better than anybody would have expected coming into this year. Right. Quarterback play is really not the reason we are 4-7 and seven right now. No. Did he have his moments? Of course. He yeah. had plenty of mistakes. He's human, whatever. 
But this team right now should be at a minimum. I would say you could flip from four to seven to six and five easily just off of stupid defensive things and little ticky tack stuff here and there along the way. Special teams has been a disaster. Like I really don't think that we should expect to see an absurd change in the offense. Yeah. We're going to continue to win games this year by managing turnovers, by not crapping our pants on special teams and the defense playing like they have the pack. Because I was telling you what, I was ready to send Joe Woods to the moon. And then he decided, <laughs> and the players decided, to get their shit together. And they've yeah. turned it around ever so slightly in recent weeks. But it, the defense has just been uh, just s- freaking scenario, man. It's what a nightmare. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. I'm off. The, I'm all over the place. Eight different things. That didn't work. Oh, no, no. Ow. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> More Christmas. Ale. Let's try this again. <laughs> Potential. There it is. <laughs> yeah. I don't got anywhere to go. I am feeling them a little bit. I was going to say, yeah. These are really good, man. Um. Yeah. I. Some of the – man. I tell you what. I'm excited. Yeah. I'll say I'm excited. From a football perspective, how could we just not have won one more game? I'm or two. One, I mean, the Jets game that still has me <laughs> that wanting, is literally to fight hung people. over our head the yeah. entire season. It's it's think about how different. I mean, we could have been three or four and zero to start the year first yeah. and foremost. Yeah, there's three <sighs> games specifically. It's the Jets game, it's the Falcons game, it's the Chargers game. Falcons Those nice. are the three. The Jets and the Falcons especially. I mean, the Chargers was rough, but like the, yeah. the Jets and the Falcons game, like again. Hard, it's hard to ask them, okay, because it's the NFL. I mean, look, the Ravens just lost to the Jags. You know, It happens. Their, their fans are telling themselves, hey, we should be 8-3 and three right now. Right. There's no way we should have lost to the Jags. We're saying that about three different games. If we just would have won those games, all incredibly winnable, the Ravens would be seven and four, the Bengals would be seven and four, the Browns would be seven and four, and oh. we'd be in first because of the divisional record. And it's cool that you just mentioned Jackson. Uh, excuse me, not Jacksonville, Baltimore, because that's the one that really haunts me. Because the Browns, if it was, Agreed. It was not for a ticky well, tack offensive yeah. first uh, pass interference oh. call at the end of that game, Browns would have won that game. That would have taken the win away from Baltimore, too. Yeah. That's the game that almost counts as two. Yeah, we'd be in a completely different scenario yeah. right now. Even mm. with just that game alone, forget the Jets, forget the Chargers, and forget the Falcons. Right, yeah. I, you make a great point. I mean, you could still have uh, fumbled those games away, and if you just would have won the Bengals game, we could be 5-6 and six and 3-0 and oh in the division. Yeah. There's a very realistic possibility if we would have won that, that Ravens game, we could be 6-0 and in the division this year because Deshaun is back and we have the, those three division games. It's the Browns, so I'm not chalking up a win, but I'm almost chalking up a win against the Bengals because they can't, for whatever reason, they can't, just cannot beat us. I don't, they are catching their stride, though. They are, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I what you're saying, though. Joe Burrow has had a rough time with us. Yeah. I mean, it, it, the Bengals, we have had the I mean, Bengals. he sees Miles Garrett and he just sees ghosts. And yeah. He's just like, oh, my God. Yeah. What am I going to do? And Miles has been playing great this year. Like, Absolutely. Listen, the, don't got to tell me that I've given Miles Garrett crap because I want him to be that Aaron Donald type guy. That guy that not only makes, not only puts up the numbers, which Miles does, but puts up the numbers when the game, in, in the times when the games matter most. I, 
he did he, Sunday. He was a freaking. I animal. was going to say he did absolute that. animal. When you it, could you could point to that game and say he's he might he's basically I would say the reason why we won the game with the sack that he had in the fourth quarter with the sack that he had in overtime, the timeliness. You know, a lot of times you look at a Miles Garrett and you look at his stats. Oh, he's got 15, 16 sacks. But how many of those sacks come in the first quarter? Yeah, or in garbage time when the game, right. when the game's without out of out of reach. Last year he had the game where he is, where he basically won the game himself uh, with the uh, against the Ravens when he when he mm-hmm. had the strip sack, took it back for the touchdown. Um, I we needed more of that type of play because when when JJ Watt was winning Defensive Player of the Years, there were multiple games every season when he was sacking the quarterback and return and scoop and scoring the ball and returning making those type of impact plays. A lot of times Miles Garrett, yeah, is he number one, number two in pressure rate? P- PFF loves Miles Garrett because he's always getting in the backfield, but he's always doing it in the first quarter. He'll make a sack. In the second quarter, he'll make a sack. Uh, he'll get he'll pressure the quarterback out the wazoo, and yeah, it's not necessarily his fault because he's getting triple teamed and he's getting held on every single play. Yeah, so it's it's hard to criticize him, but we need to see him make those plays in crunch time. And on Sunday, he did. And in my opinion, that's the reason why the Browns won the game because Absolutely. we talked about it before the game, dude. When when Amari Cooper dropped that pass on cool. fourth and nine in the fourth quarter, I about wanted to start crying. Yeah. Because that was awful. Yeah, because yeah. at that point you're like, oh, we're we're grooving, progress, everything. We're feeling good. We're feeling better. Yada yada. And then gut punch. Yeah. And and to, to his credit, he made up for it later in the game. You know, ended up. You know, you know that credit dub- to him. He was. And again, he's he's again he's number one in the NFL in PFF grade, pressure rate, all that sort of stuff. He now is above ten sacks on the season. He's having another really good year, but. Down this stretch in the six games, you know, all the all the attention is going to be on Deshaun Watson. But I want to see Miles Garrett take over this defense. Yeah, the defense has its glaring flaws. Specifically the run defense, the defensive tackles, in my opinion, the linebackers. But JOK's back. JOK's another guy that played really well on Sunday. Yeah. Hopefully he's, you know, hundred percent healthy and he's back to playing really well. Martin Emerson's been Oh, he was awesome on Sunday. Yeah, um, he, he was another reason why. I mean, he, Mike Evans is arguably a, a top three, top five receiver in the NFL, uh, and he did work with with, with, with Mike Evans. Like that yeah. was that was massive. And then I didn't realize how impressive Njoku's catch was in the moment. I didn't. I didn't. Oh my! Until I saw the second angle, I didn't realize how absurd that was. Especially for that's a tight end doing that. I know he's a freak athlete, man. He, Freak of nature he, athlete, and and Joku's one of those weird guys. It, it, he's hilarious because he'll do stuff like that, and then he'll like just crap his pants and miss a run block assignment, yeah. or like got drop an easy. He he like makes the the easy stuff look difficult, and he makes the difficult stuff. He's look He's got easy. a lot of Braylon in him. Remember Braylon Edwards, man? Oh yeah, yeah. Braylon was was one for the theatrics. He would make the the leaping one handed catch. Here we go. I'm getting the hiccups. Yeah. <laughs> The leaping one-handed catch, and then, you know, first and 10 or second and 12, he'd run an in-cut, be wide open, and just drop the ball yeah. inexplicably. Yeah. Um, yeah, that catch. I mean, we can't – we can't – we can't talk – not talk about that. I mean, yeah. that – I think Miles on defense and that I catch. Hope, listen, I hope – and again, this is oh, – like the Browns doing this is almost a statistical impossibility. But I hope we don't waste that catch because that catch, if he drops that catch, we lose. Yeah. I, literally, it was fourth down. Yeah, and then it's over, over. 
Yeah. Three and eight, there's no coming back. He caught that. the pass. We won in overtime. Let's springboard off of that. And again, we should be able to beat the Texans. Deshaun Watson, rusty or not, doesn't matter. We should be able to beat the Texans. They're the worst team in the NFL. I, I don't think it's even close. Right after the Texans, you've got at Cincinnati and home against Baltimore. Listen, Steve and I talked about this on the postgame. Because of the losses we have, i.e., to all of the AFC opponents mm-hmm. that were basically all the AFC opponents that we've played are going to be in the wild card hunt, essentially. I'm not looking at what anybody else is doing in the AFC until the Browns get to 7-7. Seven and seven. If you win these next three games, then you can start doing the math, doing the, okay, if this right. team loses right. here, if we win out, this team, blah, 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 blah. You have to at least get to 7-7 seven and seven because then you have a you actually have a realistic look at it. Your last three games would be against New Orleans, Washington, which are playing above, you know, where they should be probably, and then the Steelers, who stink. So... And if you do get to seven and seven, remember with the next three games, two of them are against Cincinnati and Baltimore. So you're going to be given, yeah, yeah that's right, Scully, because you're going to give you giving them, you know, one more loss each, which yeah. brings you much closer. Well, yeah, I mean, if we, yeah, again, I mean, at that point, we're four and one in the there's division. Massive ifs here, but that's what I was just going to say is not only if we win the next three games would that yeah. be massive for the overall record, but yes. then our divisional we'd be four and one. And if yeah, and if you look at it. Cincinnati has a murderer's row schedule to end the year. I mean, yeah. I don't think they play a single team that's not in the playoffs right now. The Ravens have an easy schedule, but again, you play them head-to-head, and they have shown that they can have an inexplicable loss here and there. They just lost to Jacksonville. And they have, you know, Lamar Jackson, who doesn't have a contract extension, who has that uh, looming over his head. And he's also fighting with fans on, on that Twitter. That was wild. Yeah, that pressure is starting to get to Lamar Jackson. I think Some it of the is. stuff he was writing on Twitter after the game was not good. And listen, I'm sorry. I continue to maintain this. He's not a good quarterback. He's quite possibly the greatest athlete we've ever seen at the quarterback position. But actually playing the position of quarterback, he's not good. Not good. And just look at the... It's so frustrating because the Browns play him better than any other team in the NFL, and we still lose to the Ravens almost every time. The Ravens are our the Raven. We are to the Ravens th- what the Bengals have been to us. Yes, he threw four interceptions in a game last year, and I think they scored like like fifteen points, and we lost to them it was last like 15 year, fifteen to ten or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And then there was the and whole, then this the, year. Well, and then there was also the Monday night. Uh, oh yeah, pants yeah. debacle. I was at that one. That <laughs> poop, hurt. The poop bowl. I'm yeah. so tired. He's pooping his pants. I'm so tired of Justin Tucker just destroying my soul. Yeah, I love how. By the way, I love how everybody on Twitter was talking about. Oh, just, is this the end of Justin Tucker? He finally missed a yeah. game-winning he kick. Like a it was 67 <laughs> yards. Like, what are we doing? Our yeah. kicker can't hit a 39. Can't keep it within 20 yards of hitting a 39-yarder. I'm, by the way, terrified. We are doing to our Prefert in the special teams room are doing to York yes. what our quarterbacks coaches have done to quarterbacks for decades now. We are 100%. ruining that kid. We need, yeah, we, oh, 100%. We, we need a new special teams coordinator. Which we is need, so frustrating because when he came here, he was like a special teams yeah. savant, right? That yeah. was his shtick. And it he, sucks because he's from here and like all that, you know, whatever. But. Uh, yeah, he's. 
not, I'm sure he's not a bad guy. No matter what happens the rest of the season. Our coverage Joe Woods, been... Mike Prefer. Yeah. There's gotta, the door. We got to go. And I tell you what, I, the offense has not been the reason we've lost a lot of games. There's been weird time management things, and <laughs> there are certainly plenty of valid critiques on the play calling. I understand. But bar none, the yeah. issues have been special teams and defense. Yeah. And at the end of the day, that's not on Kevin – in terms of the X's and O's, but it is on Kevin as the head freaking coach. If you right. want to be an offensive coordinator yeah. and just do offensive coordinator things, then go be an OC. But if you want to be a head coach and have those responsibilities and be a freaking leader, you have to hold your guys accountable. The church of Latter-day Saints <laughs> and Ryan Donathan, ladies and gentlemen. It's just like – It's he, like he's like – and it's funny because you talk about like the social media aspect. You can't say one bad thing about Kevin Stefanski without like Brown's Twitter like coming at you being like, oh, yeah. Uh, but, you know, whatever. Like, did you see how well he schemes guys open? Like, yes. So do 20 offensive coordinators in the NFL. Well, I'm sure you've seen all the memes, I'm sure, as well, where it was it was a photo of Belichick holding a Super Bowl trophy, and it said, Kevin Stefanski, if every game lasted five minutes. Yes, And it's like, 100%. Ag- agreed. He's awesome at his scheme play. I bitch about this all the time with my dad. It's so yeah. freaky. Every week, it's like Groundhog's Day. Yeah. Where I'll tell, we talk about like, well, it was a heck of a great drive to start and yada yada, and then go figure. He got out out adjusted at the half. Yeah, we he for everything he has in terms of his scripted plays to start games. Boy, does he lack in terms yeah. of excuse me in game adjustments. And gets lost in that giant play sheet. Man. I think part of it is the fact that he's a head coach yeah. trying to play call right. at the same time. How many? It's very rare right. that you see offensive play calling come from the head coach. Some of the some guys out there can do it. There are a few coaches who can. Yeah. It is rare. It yeah. it is it's just too much. Yeah. It's just and so I, much responsibility. I, I get the argument like people say, Oh, well that that's what got him hired was being a great offensive coordinator and calling plays. I understand that. But also, I think the Browns did him a disservice by listen, if you're a young coach and you're a young coach, offensive coach that calls plays, you need a defensive coordinator. For me, you need a defensive coordinator that has head coaching experience because mm-hmm. Kevin Stefanski, listen, never once have I said this year, post-game shows, whoever I've watched the game with, I've never once said I want him fired. But he's not absolved from criticism. Like, we've lost more than one game because of how he's managed. The, he's not good at managing the football game. And our defense is terrible. Okay, he's not calling the defense, blah, blah, blah. But ultimately, he, he like people like defend Kevin Stefanski like he's the offensive coordinator. He's not. He's the head coach. Yep. He's in charge of everything. He says it in his postgame press conference. He says, it's on me. It's on me. I'm the head coach. You know, I'm frustrated. You know, we got uh, – uh, what, what does he say? Like, uh, that's what he says. He says, it's on me. It's on me. It's, it's on me. me. We, it's on me. Okay, well, then yeah. he needs to – we need to make sure it's on him. And when I, the defense capitulates – Yes, it's on him because most of the fan base, and it's not just the fan base, most of people who do things like we do, like talk on podcasts, say that the defense has been awful and that he sh- that Joe Woods, how does he still have a job? Ultimately, the reason why Joe Woods still has a job is because Steph- Kevin Stefanski won't fire him. Yeah, and I don't know if it's simply because he's struggling with the leadership aspect of it or if he's just uncomfortable or if he – is afraid of the backlash because if he does fire him and then yeah. we keep losing games, then who goes next? Like I understand that that's a complex decision with a lot of 
domino yeah. effect. I get it, but I, I completely agree. The, the tough decision – when you get – when you sign that contract as a head coach, it, again, it's more about – instead of X's and O's, at that point it's more about, like, team culture. It's more about philosophy. It's more about leadership. It's yeah. about how do you work with a room full of football players. These are not high school players. These are grown men – with contracts, mm-hmm. with families, with all of these other things, it's the same thing with the staff. Like, mm-hmm. yes, the X and o, X's and O's matter, but it's like when you're a head coach, it's beyond just drawing up a, a play that you really love for your tight end or or, or whatever. Sure. It's about the leadership. It's about the game management. It's about the philosophy and, and, and bigger picture 30,000-foot view, view stuff. I completely agree. I'm not calling for his job. I, I – I'm a very firm believer that in sports culture today, across every sport worldwide, we fire coaches way too fast. Yes. When you look, and I know I hate them, and I know you definitely do too, the Pittsburgh Steelers have had like four coaches ever. Yeah. Like, it's what they do. Bill Cowher sucked for like the first three, four, five years of his career. Was terrible. Yeah. In today's culture, Bill Cowher would have gotten fired after year two, three, or four. 100%. And guess what? Hundred percent. He, he figured co- it how out. How long did he coach with Steelers? Like I don't know. Sixteen e- years. Eons. Yeah. In, in terms of, he made coaches, two Super Bowls and he won one. Right. And he won one in his last season as the coach. Right. Like, in plenty of these coaches are gonna have growing pains, just like players when they enter year one, two, and three. They're struggling. They have you know the sophomore slumps. Big. You know all these. Yeah. Coaches go through the same type of stuff. So I'm not saying we got to abort mission here because yes, I think that that's 100%. short-sighted because we've seen this how many times in Cleveland where we, we, we fire everybody, we blow the thing up, and we start all over. We are going to waste – if we were to fire the coach, like head coach and start everything over, goodbye to everything that you know and love about this Browns team. Mm-hmm. Nick Chubb is, is probably done in Cleveland. Miles Garrett, he signed his contract. Who knows if he wants to stay, if we're going to reboot. Because these guys want to play on teams that win, especially the guys yeah. in these positions where injury is around the corner at every possible turn. You know these guys, their careers yeah. are, are not very long. Right. Yeah, I don't I, – yeah, I don't Maybe know. I'm getting real real dramatic about it, but I just – I long story Listen, short, I, I don't think that if they go one of, and If they go one and five in these six games with Deshaun Watson, I – I don't think you're being very dramatic. I don't think they're going to go one and five, but yeah. you go one and five with, uh, and they end up five and twelve, after going one and five with Deshaun the seat Watson. Would be very hot. I don't think he'd be gone, but I think Kevin's seat would be toasty. Yeah, for me, uh, the first call that Kevin Stefanski needs to make the second the season's over is to Mike Zimmer to come and be the defensive coordinator. Do you think Zimmer would come? I don't know. I mean, Stefanski wild? coached under him for a while. Yeah, I don't. Zimmer was in. Minnesota, probably five, six years, something like that. Mm-hmm. Stefanski was a coach under him the entire time. Yeah. Um, I mean, I agree. I think that's like that. Like Zimmer, he's proven as a defensive coordinator. For me, he's actually proven as a head coach too. I mean, he's never he got in the playoffs a couple times. We never really like they went to the NFC Championship game one time after the the Minnesota miracle with yeah uh, over the Saints. Case Keenum and Stephon Diggs. Um, but that's like the that's like the mold. That's like a guy who's proven defensive coordinator has had success, has had success as a head coach. He's a little bit older, so is he really looking to become a head coach again? I don't know. But you bring him in as defensive coordinator. That's where okay, Kevin Stefanski, 
does not need to worry about the defensive side of the right, ball at right. all. And then he can focus on what he's what got him to be a head coach in the NFL is being an offensive coach. Right now, I've I whether he is or he's not, I feel like too much energy is being worried on, okay, what the hell are we gonna do with the defense? And special teams is a whole nother thing. But special teams, I feel like, okay, you just replace the coach. Hopefully, like one of the mo- most unfortunate things about this season was Jakeem Grant getting hurt in the offseason. Changes a lot. But I will say, I think Jerome Ford has done a hell of a job as a kick returner. And the last couple weeks, now this has taken basically half of the season, but the last couple weeks, I think DPJ is finally figuring out how to be a punt returner. Yeah. And, that's, um, and I like him as a rec- and that's not his and that's not his fault that he wasn't because like Jakeem Grant got hurt in he training got all camp. the reps you know up until that point and he gets hurt and then Demetri Felton up until like week three or four of the season was our punt returner and then they just threw DPJ in there and for the first like three or four weeks of him being a punt returner it was just like okay just make sure you catch the ball and okay yeah. well yeah but against the Bucks and against the Bills too a little bit, but certainly against the Bucks, he had two or three really good returns, and I think he's uh, starting to develop as a punt returner. But they've got to figure out this kicking game because he's missing kicks and they're getting kicks blocked, which I don't necessarily. People are like, oh, he's not kicking it high enough. No, we're getting guys blowing through the center of our. Right. Of our line blocking it, the kicks. There's nothing gonna, he can do. And if you're gonna boot something, you know, 45 plus yards, you can't take too too steep of an angle. It's that's yeah. that's basic, you know, math. You you got to take the right angles. And so, I saw some stuff on 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 Twitter that I thought was interesting. I'm not on there often, but every once in a blue moon, I'll I'll, I'll check in to see what what spicy shenanigans are popping off about the Browns. And somebody made a point that uh, our punter Bahorquez is. Mm-hmm. Uh, the holder, and when he held uh, for Mason Crosby in Green Bay, it was like Crosby's worst year ever. And then I saw that somebody else, I think somebody in Buffalo, had a terrible year when Bohorquez was the the holder as well. Yeah. And then uh, Jay Feely, uh, punter, longtime NFL punter, uh, responded to it and said, "No, I watched a bunch of the tape. It's not really on the holder. It's more about like Kate's plant foot and this, that, and the other." And he had a bunch the of like, mechanics te- are off. Yeah. yeah, he had a bunch of like technical answers here, and so I was like, "All right, well, I guess a double-edged sword." On the one hand, good. I'm glad it's not just something as stupid as the holder stinks. Yeah. But on the on the flip side, that also gives me hope that <sighs> if it's clear and obvious via you know the the film that the public has access to, that yeah. his plant foot stinks or whatever it is, yeah. that should hopefully be an easy fix. Get him in a couple clinics, you know. Get bring in some coaching, whoever the heck they. I'm assuming that this is going to be Prefer's last year. I can't imagine <sighs> I him coming so. back. Um, so whoever they bring in, hope to God that they can get his mechanics right. It should hopefully be a couple easy fixes. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Um, because this kid is clearly talented. I mean, we drafted yeah. him. We didn't just draft him. We drafted him where <laughs> yeah. we drafted him. We're not for replacing a the kicker. Let's just yeah. put it that yeah. way. Yeah. The kid's too talented. Number one, we shouldn't. And number two. Andrew Barry does not get rid of his own draft picks. I mean, it took literally pulling his teeth to cut Richard LeCount, which is a fifth-round safety who they had to just get rid of. And with all the nonsense that Perry on Winfrey has put the team through this year, you would think as a fourth-round pick they would just be like, oh, yeah, goodbye. Yeah. But no, he Andrew Barry does not get rid of his draft picks. Yeah, for better. So you think he's going to get rid of a kicker that he drafted in the fourth round? No, he's going to no. give him every single opportunity to succeed. 
Yeah. The whole Winfrey thing is weird too. That's not not yeah. not the point, but that's strange yeah. behavior. Yeah. So uh, I, I mean, don't know. so I guess here's the question. I think we're all going to pick the Browns to win on Sunday, right? Yeah, I'm pretty confident with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, what do we think the rest of the way? Because after Sunday, let's say we're five and seven, five games left. Ascent, we know that essentially to have any chance of the playoffs, we have to win out. We have to get to ten wins. Do you think that nine can sneak us in, or probably not? Not in the wild card. No, because we lose every tiebreaker. We lose the tiebreaker to the Jets. We lose it to the Chargers. We lose it to the Bills. Whoever wins the AFC East, we lose the 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 team that comes in second. We lose to because we lost to every team in the a- in the AFC East. That Jets has me sick. The Ryan, fact that we even I, talk about the Jets makes me Ryan, sick. Ryan, I think the only way that nine wins is good enough is if of these three teams, two of them really do terrible down the stretch: the Chargers, the Jets, and the Patriots. Which could happen. The Chargers are not playing well, and Mac oh. Jones is starting to lose his mind. You don't have to tell me about the Chargers sucking because I hate their head coach. Who's the head coach? Of Brandon Staley. Oh, Staley? Yeah. He yeah, yeah. literally tried to give us the game, except Kevin Stefanski on that day was even worse. Yeah, that was rough. He 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 was up by – what was it? They were up by two. Up by two. Up and they by went two. They went for it on fourth down. They went for it on fourth down, like at their own 45 with like two minutes left. And they didn't get it. They gave us the game, and Stefanski couldn't dial it up. Browns were out of timeouts. They just wanted to end the game on offense. Yeah. Ugh, I forgot. When they didn't make it, the Browns should have easily won the game at that point. But they, no, of course, yeah, they no, didn't. They crapped on their legs because they couldn't. Get, they 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 ended up missing yards. a field goal, but they, they only got like what twelve yards. Yeah, they didn't really help the kicker. Yeah, and it was like a fifty-one yard. Yeah, kick. I, I mean doable. Yeah, but I don't yeah. put it fully on Cade. No. Um, yeah, yeah, so I, I mean, I agree. I can't the, stand the, the, Jet, the Chargers the and, the, the, Chargers and the Patriots could theoretically. I mean, how crazy is it that like the entirety of the AFC East is still like they're all relevant. In Every they're team all relevant. in the yeah. AFC we lost all of them. NFC Literally, East. all four of them we lost to. Ugh, it hurts my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> now it's not to say like like if you look at it just in a vacuum, the AFC East is probably the best division of football this year. AFC really, East or NFC East, one or the other. Yeah. We lost to all of them. I th- oh, God. What kind of Twilight Zone shit are we living in? This Ugh. is insane. Yeah. I don't buy the Commanders. Nobody nobody should actually take them seriously. Yeah. Uh, I guess the Cow- yeah, the Cowboys. I hmm. Until proven otherwise, the Cowboys are still frauds. They're playing. Okay, yeah. The, the, the NFC East is better than the AFCs. But the East in both the AFC and the NFC are the, is the best. Like, yeah. That's well, the best coast in football. Which is yeah. crazy, especially considering all of the talk about the AFC West. Everybody thought the, the AFC, AFC West, West stinks. They were, supposed Terrible. To, they were supposed to be murderers row. Yeah. They were all going to go undefeated. The two biggest they, disappointments in the AFC are the Raiders and the Broncos. Yeah. Right? The Broncos. Listen, right. okay. <laughs> oh, God. We, like, everybody, would, everybody was like, oh, how could you give how could you give Deshaun Watson 200-plus million dollars? The Broncos gave Russell Wilson $250 million. Yeah, okay, only 180 is guaranteed. But that means you gave that guy 100. He's toast. He's, in the words of let Russ cook, Russ is cooked. Yeah, it's rough. He's bad. He's lost the locker room because of his stupid cliche bullshit. Paw, sorry no. with, for the language. He's bad and they got to deal with him for the next five years there's no getting out of that contract nobody's gonna take him he's in his 30s that 
Their coach is going to be one and done. They're going to either have an, a hilarious sum of dead money just wow. to move on, or they're going to have to force the issue and try to win with him for the next. Do you remember back years. in week one when like Denver would play that Seattle, and we're like, oh, that's like the lock of the year. Denver is going to win easily. Yeah, uh, Seattle. Uh, is- good, good for Gino, uh, by the way. I was in a hundred plus dollar team oh, survivor oh, no. pool, oh, no. and I picked the freaking Broncos. Yep. That's why week one is so difficult because you have no context of who. I mean, you think you know who's. It's good, the but worst, you, but you don't know. <laughs> I thought no way. The Broncos last year were okay with no quarterback play. You took Russell Wilson off the Seahawks. Put him onto the Broncos. There's no way Russell Wilson's losing to the Seahawks. I'll never forget it on the Manning cast where Peyton Manning was like, <laughs> yeah, I call a timeout here. And they count all the times he did the timeout motion oh, like in the next 25 seconds. Oh, yeah, like, 30, like 30, 30 times. Come on, come on. Yeah, let's call a timeout. Let's call a timeout. Call timeout. Timeout, 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 timeout. <laughs> Their coach is going to be one and done. I believe it. Yeah. I mean, but anyway. and I tell you what, in the same division, talk about insane contracts. What the heck are the Raiders going to do? I mean, that they gave so, – Ra- I don't know. I, I love – I don't know why. I've just always disliked the Raiders. I don't have, like, yeah. a real, real reason for it. Like, I don't have, like, a like a villain origin story behind yeah, I it. Feel like, like, I feel like, like the, the Broncos, are- it makes sense because of the, the Broncos, what John Elway did to the Browns oh, and all that. Yeah, jet, you F know the Broncos. I, yeah, no, I hate the Broncos. Like, Get that. Everybody, like – uh, like people who like aren't real Browns fans that like like they t- like why do you hate the Broncos so much? Uh, why don't you just or look like, up or like 86, anybody under thirty two? Yeah, yeah. eighty six, eighty seven, and eighty nine. Just go back and look at those games. I had that, students who said who when I said John Elway. I'm like, all right, I, I, that's, horse, that's horse it. face. It's a ge- generational divide. I was I was yeah. raised to hate the like oh hundred percent. Like, okay, you understand? We yeah, you understand? Okay, yeah. Browns fans hate the Steelers. Yeah, we get that. But everybody's like, everybody doesn't like understand like being a Browns fan. It's like, why do we hate the Broncos? Uh, because the Broncos literally cost the Browns a Super Bowl championship. One out of those three years, the Browns were, would have won a Super Bowl. We're not pathetic like the Bills and lose four in a row. <laughs> and up. I know you're kind of sort of a Bills fan. I was gonna say, careful. There. I've gone on, I've <laughs> gone on a rant about Browns fans being Bills fans, and I think it's ridiculous. Look, but. Let me let me make my case. I know this is not the point, but now I'm feeling defensive. I hope the Browns play the Bills in an AFC Championship game in the next three years. That would be wild. Oh. And I would because I could. I can't lose. I can't uh, lose. You can't so lose if you're a Browns fan. No, if you call yourself a Browns no, fan, no, you can lose. I can lose. Really? I, I agree. I was so gonna say, yeah. You'd be like, oh, okay. I feel here's good the about the Bills beating the Browns. Let's just say, no, I wouldn't feel good about it, but I would definitely root for the Bills over whoever plays in the the, the, the NFC team. Okay, I disagree, but okay, go ahead. So, not only the it's. It's similar vibes to Cleveland, it right? It's kind of different for you though, because you kind of married in. And I married, so like I always kind of had like a little bit of a soft spot for the Bills because similar part of the country, similar vibe, kind of like bad news bears, down on their luck, yeah. yada yada yada. Yeah. But now I've married into it. I have a ton of in-laws now who live in or around Buffalo. True. And so it's like, of first and foremost, by a mile, Browns for sure, sure. all the way. Oh yeah, I would but, never, I would never challenge that. Right. But if we're out of it and the Bills are still in, then absolutely now I'm on the and now I'm on the the Bills Mafia bandwagon. So yeah. it's just a matter of, again, first and foremost, always Cleveland. Um, but the Bills are absolutely like my secondary team. Uh, you know, you marry into it. You know. Yeah, I get that. Jen, which is which is and it, the funny part like, is my wife couldn't give two shits. She yeah, couldn't right, care less right, right. about any of it. Yeah. <laughs> I just 
I don't know if it's just me being like, what's a word I'm looking for? Spiteful. I don't want like we're we're a team that's never won a Super Bowl. So I never, I will never root for a team that also has never won a Super yeah. Bowl to win one because you then it dwindles. Get smaller. Then it dwindles down the list. So I'm never going to root for the Bills and win a Super Bowl. Yeah. Never, no. ever, ever, ever. I want to be. I want to win a Super Bowl first and be like, ha ha. You still don't have. I want to get out of that doghouse. I agree. So I get it. So like I us. The Cardinals, the, the Lions, yeah, the Texans. Uh, the Texans—they've only been around for so long. Ah, that's so. a funny joke. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. But yeah, like us, the the like like when the like when the Saints won. I didn't root for the Saints. I was rooting for Peyton Manning. Like, why would I want the Saints to win a champion? Like, a that was really cool after Katrina, though. That was like it was three years after Katrina. It was '09. Katrina yeah, happened in '06. I know. Uh... But yeah, so I don't want Time the I don't want the together. yeah I don't want the Lions <laughs> to win. I don't want like everybody's like oh yeah lovable losers Lions. F the Lions. Yeah. The year well, right after Katrina, the Saints made the NFC Championship game. They lost to the Bears. What well, I will see is cool about the Lions or the Saints and Katrina was uh, their first game back in Zuberdome when they yes. blocked that punt yep. and returned it to that in was the first wild. quarter. Yeah. That was cool. Okay, yeah. but that was the first game of the year. So well, whatever. Fair, very fair. Super Bowl. Nah, I want Peyton Manning to win a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Big Peyton Manning guy. Anyway, yeah. While well, we are dragging on this episode, yeah, holy we are crap. all over. Well, we still got to have the week that was with That's the Cleveland right. Cavaliers. The week don't that we? was with the Cavaliers. Oh, yeah. Yes. So Cavs are the Cavaliers are pounding the 76ers tonight. right now. Yeah. yeah at Which the time is of recording, we're up what twenty sixty nine to forty eight nice. at halftime. Excellent. Nice. So, <laughs> so it, you know, it's been an up and down week for the. This is actually uh, very appropriate. The Cavs are winning big tonight because the last time out they ended up getting. Beat pretty handily by the Raptors. They have one of their worst offensive nights in the, of the season, losing 100 to 88. We've now lost the Raptors both times. Granted, both games were on the road. Mm-hmm. And game before that, they defeated the the Pistons in Detroit. Game before that, they played in Milwaukee, lost to the Bucks for the second time this season. Granted, again, yeah, both a, of those games are on the road too. That's a tough matchup for us. Um, I'm weary. Tough of, matchup for a lot of teams. Wow, that's true. <laughs> I'm weary of us having to come up against the Bucks in the playoffs because I don't think it will go very kindly. Oh, I would not want to have that. No, because we, you know, we, you and I have talked about it. The fact that the Cavs just continue to not address the wing position. Who plays wing on the Bucks? Uh, just some Greek dude. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, just yeah. some guy. Probably the best player in the NBA. So yeah, I don't think that that would go very well for the for the Cavaliers, but. Um. Yeah. And if you go back before that game, they last to last Wednesday night, they pounded Portland in their terrible black and aqua jerseys uh, by 19. Points. Oh yeah, Portland. Did so, you see that Portland's third jerseys? You know, yeah. Portland's black, white, and red. Yeah. They wore black and like aqua. Port- I'm black jerseys. I see. That sounds like I would like it. So and, all, and also, it said PDX on the chest, which is like Steve said, the call the, letters the, for the their airport, airport code. Yeah. It like PDX, you're like, okay, who the hell is that? But apparently PDX is the call letters for the airport in Portland. Okay. I'm looking it up right but now. Yeah. This it's would be Portland like the Ma- City Edition jersey. This would be like oh, the no, magic like having MCO or Okay, but yeah. but like those jerseys look like the Charlotte Hornets should be wearing them, not the Portland Trailblazers. Well, that um uh, and don't, don't the Suns were wearing something that I thought yeah. the Suns one night looked like Charlotte. Yeah, I saw like a random game and, where. And, and before anybody says it, I know that the Cavs City Edition jerseys are baby blue and br- and tan. Like, I, like I get those. it. I like those. Better. I do too. 
I didn't like him when I first saw him, but when the Cavs actually wore the, it's it's weird. It's funny. Like you see it in a picture, like just the jersey, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, that kind of looks like crap. And then you see the players actually wear them. Yeah, and it's like, oh, okay, I kind of like. They're those. different for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think I think the the current I know not the point, but the current city edition jerseys are my favorite that Cleveland's done yet. I yeah, don't, I I don't yeah. like the stupid well, the, rock and roll letter yes. cut out of newspaper crap. Yeah, or the gray year. one that the gray one was LeBron. Was, I didn't hate it, um, but I didn't love it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I did not like the little rock and roll thing last I year. I agree. I totally agree. Not good. Yeah, I will say though that the Cavs rebrand this year with their new like normal jerseys, like, very simplistic, but I like it. Awesome. Yeah, I'm a fan. You guys Fantastic. not liking something related to rock and roll in Cleveland? I'm so shocked. Yeah. <laughs> Just so over It's it. so overplayed. I mean, what do you like how many iterations can we do? Like the all like the MLB All-Star game, the logo was a giant freaking guitar. Thank God when we did we had the NBA All-Star game last year, they didn't do that. No, it was like a star in Terminal Tower and Yeah, yeah. perfect. Awesome. Listen, anything that you want to in, involve the Cleveland skyline of because the skyline itself is so simplistic. It's like three buildings, but they're all like, okay, when you see it, like, I know what that building is. That's fine. Go ahead and do that. You will never f- hear me complain about using the skyline and any sort of logo with the city of Cleveland. Mm-hmm. But the, the the guitar and the, the, the music note and, like, I get it. It's just so played out. Yeah. Right? That's, I don't know. I just no, I'm with, I'm done with it. I, no. I I think we need a new or at least take a break. Okay, if you want to come back in five years when we have an event, you want to throw a guitar on it, fine. Or if you want to, but it was like it was a stretch where every single like big time event we had had something to do with the guitar. Yep, no. and the rock hall. I get it. Love the rock hall. Shout out to the people at the rock hall. Love you guys. It's great. I love the fact that the rock and roll hall of fame is in Cleveland, but I hate the fact that every time there's a sporting event, and every time they come back from commercial. They're like, they're like, oh, well, hey, look, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's in Cleveland. Like, yeah, we get it. Like, it, yeah, we get it. We also have, we also in Cleveland have a great metro park system. We have amazing restaurants. We have one of the most underrated pizza scenes in the entire country is in this city. Nobody wants to, nobody wants to highlight that. We have the second biggest theater district in the country behind New York. Agreed. Even bigger than like Chicago and L.A. Yeah. They're like, oh, what's the biggest theater district in the country? New York? Yeah. What's the second biggest? Oh, Chicago? Eh. L.A.? Eh. Uh, San Francisco? Eh. Uh, 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 Dallas? Houston? Eh. eh. Please. <laughs> Seattle? Eh. Like anything. Yeah. Any- no, it's Cleveland. Cleveland? What the hell? I figured Detroit would be bigger than Cleveland. No, it's Cleveland. Yeah. I agree. There's so much about this city. That's why we made a podcast to highlight this city. Yeah, recently we've just talked about sports because there's always something to talk about in Cleveland sports. The one thing about sports in Cleveland is there is always something to talk about. Mm-hmm. Cleveland sports is never boring. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> For better or worse. <laughs> Mostly worse, but Usually. it's never boring. But, yeah, we also like to highlight things about Cleveland. Yeah, Scarlett, I agree 100%. Cleveland is great. That's why you were born here. Yes. So, boy, we went on a tangent there. Holy smokes. But the Cavs, yeah, Cavs up big at halftime, looking for a big win against an injury-depleted 76ers team. So Joel Embiid is playing, but uh, Tyrese Maxey and James Harden are not playing tonight for the 76ers. Hopefully the Cavs can um, can follow through and shut the door, get a big win, mm-hmm. improve to 14-8, and eight, 
Right now, they, are, they the, are third in the Eastern third Conference. Third in the East. You only got Boston and Milwaukee ahead of you. you know, which a, which is interesting. Be. We've beaten Boston twice. We've lost to Milwaukee twice. Boston's only lost two other games. They, yeah. They've been kind of steamrolling everybody else, which is, you yeah. know. So it's way too early to be looking at playoff potential playoff matchups, but we are about uh, a quarter, quarter of the way quarter through the, the, the season. season. This is usually when you kind of take the temperature of a team and – when the Cavs are healthy, uh, they're pretty damn good. Cavs are on fifty-two win pace. That's excellent. Yeah, I mean you're looking you're looking at hosting with a fifty-two win season. You're looking at hosting a first round matchup. Yes, you are. So let's hope that they continue to do that. So it's I'm Uh-oh. telling you, it's uh, <laughs> it's crazy to see. It's like we we they did all of that groundwork building that that roster out, and then man, Donovan Mitchell just. Oh. Yeah, I don't think we've had a chance to talk about that. Yeah, it just insane. The it's just it's so nice to see like instead of just shooting your shot and trying to grab like three all stars and then just whatever random scrubs you can find to fill out yeah. the depth chart. Yeah, like we had a legitimate roster that they put blood, sweat, and tears into and built the thing right. Grown. Young. Yep. Quality guys buying in. Guys that you've drafted. Quality leadership. Kevin Love flip. I was calling for Kevin Love's job. I wanted to just cut bait. And oh, get rid- a couple yeah. years ago. I was Most like, of us, yeah. He freaking- was checked out. Yeah. I was yeah. like, buy the contract out. See you later. Whatever. And flip the script where he's been such a quality leader on that team, coming off the bench in, in meaningful ways, playing real minutes. Yeah. Just awesome, awesome, awesome roster. And then you go and you, you shoot your shot. You grab a guy like Donovan Mitchell, holy crap, man. It's it's going to yeah. be a fun ride. They're, they're Yeah, 100%. They're I, a good team there. I'm interested to team. see Yeah, I'm interested to see what move they can make because they still Man, I don't know if it's Kobe Altman's blind spot. I don't know, but the fact they still don't have a wing. Yeah. You know, we're trying the band-aid with Karis LeVert, Chetty Osman, who's been hurt so much and Chetty yeah. uh Chetty's hot and cold. Chetty will go get you 25 points one night and then the next 3 nights will get you like like nine combined, right? And and kind of like sort of, and I and, love Chetty. No, I do too. But like, just sort ask of Jimmy. Way- just ask former former uh, producer Jimmy Jimmy Pisarczyk. I Every time Chetty hits a three, I like text him. Yeah, <laughs> and I and I like Chetty too. But it's like, he, I feel like a lot of his stats also come in like garbage time or in non clutch yeah. situations where it's just like yeah. And then he'll have that random game where he'll he scores pop like off 25. every once in a while. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or he'll hit a, a key shot. But then there's all like. You live by Daddy, you, you die by him too. Oh yeah, like it's. Uh, yeah, I'd feel a lot better if we didn't have to depend on him yeah. so much. Yeah, you know. I just I, I worry about us in a playoff setting because the best teams in the league when they turn it on in February, March, April, they're all teams that have elite guys at the wing position. You know, yeah. we already talked about the Bucks with Giannis. Um, you know, they're not very good, but you know, a, a, a guy like LeBron, um. You know, who's some other guys? I'm trying to think. You know, Durant. You know, like those type of guys. Like most of the championship contending teams have guys that are like that. And that's where I think the Cavs struggle the most. Yeah, it'll be – the good news is there's plenty of time between now and then. Sure. And then who knows, you know, by the time the deadline's approaching, someone somewhere is going to be having a fire sale. You know, who knows? You know, like we might be able to – to pick up somebody cheap or, you know, wheel and deal a little bit. Um, I will say, you know, Kobe Altman has done a pretty damn good job in terms of, again, building a roster and making moves. And 
doing what he needs to do. And if he thinks that we got a real shot and there's a deal out there to be made, he'll make it. I mean, clearly he showed he wasn't afraid to make a deal when he pulled the trigger to get nobody. I would have never thought that Donovan Mitchell would have been a Cavalier. So right. hundred um, percent. You know, if, if the right situation is out there, it sounds like, you know, he'll, he'll go make moves if, if it makes sense. So I'm excited. We're, we're super yeah. relevant. We're in a good spot. We've dropped us a couple of games. We shouldn't have very streaky, yada, yada, but, Plenty of good basketball on this team. Plenty of wins ahead. I, I'm excited. Yeah, 100. So it's cool to see. All right. Well, uh, yeah, we've jawboned enough for tonight. Uh, that's going to do it for us on this episode of Living Off the Land. Appreciate you guys listen. Appreciate you guys listening. I've had three Christmas. There's days. some ales. Uh, <laughs> uh, episode 238 of Living Off the Land. You can follow us at the L O T L podcast. Uh, you can follow Steve at Stiffs McGee. Follow me at Daniel J. Ford. Uh, Ryan's not really on Twitter these days, but not so much. You can follow him at I think it's R Donathan. R yeah. underscore Donathan. There I think. it is. Yeah, Instagram yeah. is where I'm mostly at. And R like underscore. I said, yeah. So uh, you can follow us at the LOTL Podcast. We appreciate you guys listening. Thanks always for listening. We're coming up on the end of year 2022. This podcast has been a podcast for four and a half years. That is crazy to think about. We're on 238 episodes, probably about 270 if you count the post-game shows. And uh, we love the fact that you guys continue to listen out there. So thank you, and uh, we will see you guys for a post-game show, hopefully after a big Browns win with Deshaun Watson coming back. Uh, post-game show this weekend on Sunday night, and then uh, LOTL next week as we continue to march towards the Christmas season. So for Ryan, for Steven, for Little Scarlet, I'm Dan. You've been listening to Living Off the Land, and we will catch you guys uh, next week. See ya. Bye.